0: Welcome to Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about action at the Illinois State House, about how the state plans to spend taxpayers' money, changes to the ethics of red light cameras, and where people can sue the state. I'll then join the Center Square executive editor, Dan McCaleb, to further discuss the news. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Knowledge is power, and you deserve to know what happens in your state government. That's why the Center Square's reporting zeros in on state authorities publishing stories that show where your money goes and who spends it. The Center Square gives power to the taxpayer by tracking politicians' use of the people's money and demanding transparency from state-run agencies. This is how the Center Square equips you, the American taxpayer, to hold your state government accountable. Sign up now for your state Center Square newsletter at thecentersquare.com. Welcome back to Illinois in Focus. I'm Greg Bishop. Here are some of the top stories from the past week. Topping $50 billion, Illinois Democrats say they've reached a budget agreement. Kevin Messler reports. It includes $700 million for K-12 and early childhood education and another $100 million so those under median income can go to community college for free. Governor J.B. Pritzker says there is also money for health care for migrants that have made their way to Illinois. We're going to continue to do everything that we can. to. This is a humanitarian crisis, and we want to make sure that the state and the city are doing what they can.
1: Left on the cutting room floor was the Invest
0: in Kids program, Illinois' closest thing to school choice. State Representative Brad Halbrook says... There appeared to be bipartisan support for the program. Several of us put a letter out late last week. Uh, it was all Republican signatories on it. Um, some of the Democrats were approached about it. They spoke favorably, but they just didn't want to sign. Unless there's a last-minute change to the budget, Investing in Kids comes to a close at the end of the year. I'm Kevin Bessler. The proposed budget spends $50.6 billion of an expected $50.7 billion in tax revenue. The overall cost of taxpayers subsidizing health care for undocumented residents was estimated to be more than a billion dollars. However, State Senator LG Sims told the committee that number isn't fully known. The cost containment measures uh, outlined in again, the subsequent piece of legislation have not been passed and authorized yet. Uh, but I think that we will see that when that, when those, you will see the final numbers when those uh, cost containment measures are passed by rule. For pensions, the state plans to spend $10.2 billion short of the actuarial estimate. I think that is somewhere in the neighborhood of $16 billion. State Senator Chapin Rose asked how a looming union contract with state workers will impact the budget. This is going to hit us eventually, right? Presumably in 24. So is there, is it, the department's going to have
1: to live, the departments, plural, are going to have to live within the means of this budget, or are we anticipating another supplemental down the road whenever
0: the contract's released? Sim said it's not uncommon for legislators to pass supplemental appropriations if issues arise. Rose said unless the governor is able to curb union employee cost increases, that's going to be likely. You've only got about $100 million in give between revenue and spend. Legislators have until May 31st to pass the budget with simple majorities. And a measure limiting citizens' ability to take constitutional challenges to state laws to their local county courts can now be sent to the governor. State Representative Jay Hoffman said the measure to restrict such lawsuits to just Sangamon or Cook counties was needed because of recent lawsuits challenging recently enacted state laws and mandates.
1: Whether they were COVID-related restrictions, where their masks, where the their vaccines, where their safety acts, where their assault weapons ban, and the list goes on and on.
0: The measure can now be sent to the governor's desk. Those are the top stories from the past week from Illinois. Find more online at americastalking.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, I'll join the Center Square Executive Editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. Freedom, individualism, limited government, on these issues, conservatives and libertarians generally agree. But where do we disagree? Check out the Future of Freedom podcast for civil, reasoned conversations about some of today's most pressing topics. It's not a debate. Our goal is to provide the best arguments from either side of an issue. Then you decide. It's the Future of Freedom podcast. Find it at americastalking.com or wherever you find your podcasts.
1: Welcome to Illinois in Focus, powered by the Center Square. I'm Dan McCaleb, Executive Editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. Joining me today is Greg Bishop, our Illinois Capital Bureau Senior Reporter and Editor. We are recording this on Thursday, May 25th. Greg, it's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, This weekend. So let me first uh, say thank you to all those brave Americans who served in the U.S. military and paid the ultimate sacrifice to preserve our freedom. Greg, I don't know that you and me are going to be able to commemorate the Memorial Day holiday all that much this weekend since the Democrats at the state house blew past their self-imposed deadline of last Friday to finish session and get a budget passed. We just found out the details of the lawmakers' uh, more than $50 billion spending plan for the next fiscal year on uh, Wednesday, yesterday. And lawmakers still have some work to do and might be going into the Memorial Day holiday weekend to finish the job. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, so they originally had
0: scheduled session to adjourn May 19th, and that was the self-imposed deadline. Uh, by the end of the evening, May 19th, it was clear that uh, it was, quote, mechanically impossible to pass a state budget uh, in the time frame allotted. So they uh, brought lawmakers back for this week, and lawmakers were expected to reveal the budget Wednesday and then pass out of the Senate, So it could then go to the House for the constitutionally required three days of readings. So they'd have to read it on one day and read it again on a separate day and then read it for a third time on a third day. Well, Wednesday nights kept rolling through, despite the governor and the Senate president and the House speaker saying that they had an agreed budget and they were going to pass it as is. 11 o'clock in the evening, Wednesday night came around, and the Senate president announced that, again, it was mechanically impossible to pass the budget. So they came back this morning, held a committee, and revealed some more details, and uh, still at this point, um, standing outside the Capitol, and uh, the the Senate has yet to take up that bill concerning how taxpayers' dollars are going to be spent. Now, Republicans have decried this process, saying that it's not transparent, it's keeping taxpayers in the dark, and it's something that uh, is... Uh, continuing uh, tradition of sorts from years past, even during the years of former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan's reign here at the state capitol. Now, what we know is that uh, the Senate's expected to pass the bill today uh, in the Senate, so Thursday, and then the House, they could get it as early as today and have that first day of reading. Then the second day of reading would come tomorrow, which is Friday. Again, we're recording this on Thursday. But here's the kicker. Um, They could possibly, and this is all up in the air. I've not gotten any confirmation on any timelines. Uh, But it could be where they bring it up Friday for the second reading and then they close out session and then they come back in at 12.01 a.m. Saturday morning to then have that third reading and pass the budget. Now, that's a possibility. Or they could go home for the Memorial Day weekend and then come back possibly Tuesday to make the final actions on the state budget. Uh, so that's kind of where we're sitting right now. Uh, so even over the weekend, while people are celebrating the Memorial Day holiday, uh, you're going to have a lot of uh, activity and uh, pieces being put together on how taxpayers' dollars are going to be spent.
1: After getting session done early last year, it looks like we're back to the days when uh, when they often blow past a deadline. They have a May 31st deadline to pass a budget with just simple majorities, if they don't hit that come June, uh, they would need super majorities. Now, of course, Democrats uh, hold super majorities in the House and the Senate, so that doesn't necessarily mean uh, uh, there'd be further conflict over it. But wh- what has been the holdup, Greg? You have any indication of that? I, you know, I know we've talked about that 1.7 billion dollar shortfall in revenue in April compared to the prior April, April 2022. But then they come out and say they've got a a, a budget that's more than $50 billion, which is more than $3 $3 billion in spending from this current fiscal year's budget. Are they concerned about revenue not, or not, or have you not heard?
0: Well, uh, a lot of these conversations are happening uh, behind closed doors, except for that uh, hearing we had this morning in the state Senate's uh, committee where they delved into some of the details. And the details that we have are the state expects to bring in $50.7 billion in revenue, and the proposed budget spends $50.6 billion uh now uh you mentioned the the revenue shortfall that cogfa the commission on government forecasting and accountability issued uh saying that it was 1.8 billion dollars less than the prior april uh but then you've got other pressures including what it's going to cost for the taxpayer subsidies for uh undocumented migrant health care now a uh, recent audit uh Put that number for the coming fiscal year, possibly one point one billion dollars. Democrats pushed back and they said that there could be some cost controls that the governor could implement to shore up some of those costs. But uh, even those details not clear at this point, as that would be in a separate package uh, as part of the overall budget process. Uh, so those are some of the big uh, points here that uh, uh, are really driving the the major amount of spending. You also have uh, pensions, which uh, you know we're looking at about ten billion dollars of that fifty point six billion dollar bill going towards public employee pension costs. Uh, but even this morning, they revealed that uh, the actuarial um, estimate was supposed to be sixteen billion. So you're looking at a, a shortfall of you know four plus billion dollars of a difference uh, when it comes to how much uh, actuarially the state should be funding pensions. So these are some huge cost drivers that the uh, the state is still haggling through even on this Thursday afternoon here in Springfield.
1: Yeah, and then there's there's other new spending plans um, in there. Uh, the l- lawmakers and the governor want full-day kindergarten um, a mandatory uh, a- across the state. Um, more funding for higher education, for secondary um, education. Um, it just seems like the spending never ends, uh, Greg. Um, I, what are Republicans saying? Let me ask that.
0: Yeah, um, Republicans are saying that they should uh, be reducing the amount of spending and saving more uh, and, and funding debts and uh, addressing pensions more. Uh, but really, it comes down to the uh, the logistics of this. And how it's always last minute seems to be done behind closed doors, which really does not allow for taxpayers to get a full understanding of what their dollars are going to be spent on uh, before it's passed in the dead of night. So it's uh, it's really more about just making sure that uh, things are done in the open uh, instead of, again, behind closed doors.
1: Thank you, Greg. Of course, this is going to be a developing story that uh, our listeners can keep up with at thecentersquare.com, the Illinois State page at thecentersquare.com. And Greg's team will continue to be monitoring what happens in the Capitol throughout the budget process. Greg, let's move on. Another concern um, in Illinois, uh, at least among many or some at the Capitol, has to do with ethics. Um, We're just a few weeks removed from the federal jury in Chicago, convicting the so-called ComEd 4, former executives and lobbyists for the state's largest utility, um, accused and convicted of bribing former House Speaker Michael Madigan, who faces trial himself next year on very similar charges, has has pleaded not guilty. But there's been concerns over this in years past about ethics reform at the state, which just hasn't happened. Uh, But there's been discussed this week about ethics reform. Um, Related to the red light camera industry. A number of local officials across the suburbs, in particular, have been convicted of accepting briberies from red light camera companies to get those up and get their cities uh, some revenue. What's this talk? What's his latest talk about ethics reform? So, uh, Republicans have been pushing for a
0: whole host of ethics reforms, everything from uh, allowing for the legislative inspector general. That's the independent watchdog that uh, legislators approve to field complaints about uh, unethical behavior within the state house. Uh, but uh, you've had a previous legislative inspector general resign from the position, saying that it was a paper tiger uh, and that previous reforms that were enacted several years ago didn't really do much. Uh, to allow for uh, more thorough investigations done independently. Uh, so Republicans have been pushing for that independence of the legislative inspector general. Uh, and then you have, uh, uh, you know, other measures like simply changing the House rules uh, that have been crafted by former House Speaker Michael Madigan, uh, and still many of them carried through that has substantial amounts of power for uh, the House Speaker in determining which legislation advances and which legislation does not advance. Uh, So that in itself is an ethical consideration that Republicans have been pushing. Now, earlier this week, when asked about ethics reforms, Governor J.B. Pritzker, he reiterated what Democrats have said in the past, that the ComEd Four guilty verdicts were handed down because those individuals conducted themselves in ways that violated already existing state law. But the governor also said Hey, we're doing something else when it comes to red light cameras. And the Senate passed a bill that uh, essentially does a variety of things for the red light camera industry um, outside of ethics. It essentially says that if they are going to put up a red light camera, then there has to be a sign about the red light camera in that uh, the vendor of the red light camera cannot be the one that issues a ticket that has to be done by the municipality or by the county. And a variety of other uh, regulations on the red light camera industry. But there were other aspects of it that dealt with uh, the various ethical concerns, because, listen, the comment for trial obviously was a, a huge story. And the Mike Madigan trial next year is going to be a huge story that stems from a nearly decade long scheme that federal prosecutors allege uh, was uh, was taking place to uh, exchange Do nothing jobs for favorable legislation. Uh, But we've had other instances of corruption here at the State House and even in local governments. Uh, in various parts, especially in the Chicago suburbs, where there were elected officials taking bribes from the red light camera industry. Now, there were uh, FBI informants involved in those cases, uh, and those cases did result in you know guilty verdicts and uh, onco- ongoing litigation and prosecution. Uh, but what the legislation the Senate passed would do is essentially say that uh, the red light camera industry cannot hire a former elected official for up to two years, and also the red light light camera industry cannot use any kind of political action committee to donate to lawmakers' campaign funds. Now, whether or not that'll be constitutional, that's a question that's still up in the air, as, of course, campaign contributions considered a First Amendment right uh, and how those campaign dollars are spent. But that is one thing the governor pointed to, saying, hey, we're doing something about ethics when it comes to the red light camera industry. Will it be enough to allay the concerns Republicans have raised for years? Uh, I don't think so.
1: And of course, um, you know, Governor Pritzker saying, hey, look at the ComEd 4 convictions. There are already laws in place. That was a, about a 10-year investigation. And the feds had to come in and secretly wiretap folks to get that those convictions from a jury. But what if the feds don't come in? I mean, well, what, what rules would... That would be my question. What rule, I'm not asking you to answer this, Greg, but what rules should be in place We don't need the federal government to come in and investigate our elected officials for everything, something to get done uh, uh, about uh, corruption in state and local governments.
0: Well, and I think I think, well, just to address that, Dan, uh, I think that's where the legislative inspector general's uh, independence could play a role uh, because you could have a complaint raised to the LIG and then they could independently investigate that uh, and put out a report much quicker than, say, federal prosecutors and investigators in the FBI uh, collecting evidence and getting everything that they can on the record over the span of several years. So uh, there's there's still a lot to to be said about what could be done uh, concerning tightening up ethics here at the Illinois State House.
1: Thank you for that insight, Greg. Um, Moving on, uh, a topic we've been talking a lot about on Illinois in Focus and covering a lot at the CenterScore.com has to do with two controversial, essentially, uh, pieces of legislation related to crime in the state. One is the the Controversial Safety Act and its cashless bail provision. The second is the ban on more than 170 um, semi-automatic guns and rifles and limits on magazine capacities um, for uh, guns in the state. Both have been challenged in the courts, state court and federal court, um, um, the, the, at least the gun ban in both state court and federal court. Um, and they've been, they, these lawsuits have been filed across, uh, the state. Well, now Illinois Democrats at the state house want to limit where residents, where taxpayers can file such challenges to state law, limit them to Chicago and to Springfield, um, Cook County and Sangamon County. What's going on here and how are Republicans reacting?
0: So, yeah, late last week, the Senate passed an amendment to a House bill that does just that. As you laid out, it limits where uh, citizens can sue the states challenging a law saying that it's unconstitutional and they could only file those lawsuits in Sangamon County, which is here in Springfield or in Cook County, uh, of course, where Chicago is. Uh, And they uh, they say it's because of a variety of things. The Democrats uh, say that, you know, the the attorney general's resources are limited and uh, they need to be able to just focus their resources on these types of challenges in certain courts where they have the resources to go. Um, Republicans pushed back, uh, saying that this is an affront to democracy. Uh, The measure was brought up just moments ago here at the House today, Thursday, when we're recording this. And uh, the debates, uh, it ranged from saying that, you know, this is another reason why some people in the southern part of the state want to split away from the state of Illinois, because uh, they they say that uh, they're not being represented and they're not being respected. Uh, you've got uh, also pushback on the claim that Democrats say uh, the you know, lacking resources in the attorney general's office is the impetus for the bill uh, and Republicans saying that that doesn't make any sense uh, because several other bills that have passed that we have reported on at thecentersquare.com, one of them gives the Attorney General authority to go after pregnancy resource centers if they do not offer abortion. you got to imagine that's probably going to take up some resources. You also have a measure that passed the State House that would allow for the Attorney General to file litigation against the gun industry. That likely is going to tie up resources. So the Republicans said that's not a good reason because the, the General Assembly keeps giving more responsibilities to the Attorney General's office. And if they were worried about about lack of resources, then they should not have allowed for those other bills to advance. But uh, I think the uh, the uh, main point here, and you kind of touched on those two cases: uh, Jane Hoffman, a Democrat from Swansea, who brought the House bill uh, in the House for concurrence. He he laid out. He said in the past three years, the attorney general has had to you know tackle what he claimed to be frivolous lawsuits. Everything from COVID mandates to mask mandates to vaccine mandates uh, to Safety Act law challenges and quote assault weapon ban challenges. Uh, and uh, he laid that out. And State Representative Dan Hawkins, who is one of the state representatives who brought a lawsuit against the state over the gun ban, uh, he pushed back and said that that was not a frivolous. Lawsuits. And he equated what Democrats are doing here at the State House to limit where people can go to court to King George III, saying that it was tyrannical for Democrats to, number one, pass a law that makes certain activity unconstitutional or pass a law that makes certain activity criminal that uh, Republicans say is unconstitutional and then requiring them to have to travel hundreds of miles to challenge the law. Calkins said that's reminiscent of King George III and the uh, founding of this country where the founding fathers uh, made that as one of the crucial points as to why they wanted to declare their independence from the king, because the king would make laws and say you have to come over to the UK to, uh, you know, face court uh, instead of. Uh, staying in the United States uh, or in the colonies at that time uh, to face those charges. So uh, ultimately those uh, those those debates um, didn't produce uh, enough no votes and they were able to pass that bill out of the State House and now that measure is going to be heading to the governor's office.
1: Can I also state what I think it would be it would be the obvious here, Greg, but push back on me if you, you don't think it is too. In in these two high profile cases that we've just talked about, the gun, the gun ban and and the, the cashless bail provision of the Safety Act, you've had downstate judges and downstate courts rule against the state, where more much more often than not, courts in Chicago and courts, uh, courts in Springfield have backed up state law and the Democrats who passed or, or signed into law uh, these measures. So, I mean, does, is anyone speculating that it had, might have something to do with that, that the state is losing in these more r- red areas of Illinois, but they win generally in these more blue
0: areas? And uh, Springfield and Sangamon County, it is Republican heavy, but it's been a mixed bag for some of these challenges that have been brought forward, especially on the covid mandates uh, early on during the pandemic. But regardless, Republicans say none of that should matter. Citizens should be able to bring a lawsuit against the state if they feel their rights are violated and they should be able to bring that lawsuit to a courthouse that is in their county with a judge that they elected. And I expect the governor will sign that bill.
1: Been a busy few days left, but that's all the time we have this week, Greg. Please, because we talked about a lot of stories that are still developing, check out thecentersquare.com, the Illinois State page at thecentersquare.com, because there are going to be plenty of developments probably through into next week. For Greg Bishop, I'm Dan McCaleb. Thank you for listening.